This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. The house I'm going to talk about tonight is a house that's worth giving a name. We called it the U-District House because it sits near the University of Washington's campus. The house was built around 1920 on top of old farmlands when Seattle was still developing. The U-District House has an evil history, even before my family owned it. There were stories of a neighbor girl being attacked in the basement, though no one ever saw her attacker, including the girl. My eventual father-in-law did not believe in anything like that. He was part of an investment group that consisted of four other men. When this group dissolved, they split up the residential houses, and he got the U-District house. When he and his wife got divorced, he decided to move into the house all by himself. One night, he was sitting in the dining room eating dinner and just happened to get up to fetch something in the other room. Just as he got up, the ceiling over the dining room table caved in and crushed the table and the chair where he'd been sitting. Now, this is an old house, but things kept getting worse. Off and on, he'd have his daughters over for overnight visits. Both were haunted by a shadow man. One sister would dream of being attacked and raped by the shadow man night after night. The other sister was seeing him at the foot of her bed all the time. He was leading her down a path of depression and even thoughts of suicide. Both girls saw things fly across their own room on their own. The worst night of them all was when the lights in the basement where the room was kept flickering. Suddenly, small items in their room would fly about and the bedroom door would slam shut. The girls ran out of the house and waited on the curb for their dad to come home. The whole time they were outside, the lights kept shutting off and on, and the door kept opening and slamming shut. They could see and hear it all. Eventually, I was engaged to the two sisters' older brother. Before our wedding, we decided to buy the U-District house from his family to be our own starter home. The house was old and creepy, but we slowly started making improvements to it. It's probably stirred things up. 
The bedroom in the basement had an odd closet that was painted blood red. The biggest window was covered up by the addition of the back porch stairs. The window still open, but to a dark, dank patch of dirt. We used this room for storage, but neither of us liked going in there because it had a creepy energy, and every single time we were in there, the lights would flicker. I constantly heard noises in the house, but kept thinking, oh, it's just old house noises, but sometimes it would get so loud I was convinced that teenage kids were breaking into the basement to party, so I could scare and get in my car and wait for my husband to come home. Every time we'd check the basement, there'd be no signs anywhere of it being broken into. I still never thought it was ghosts because the sounds were far too loud and convincing to be anything but humans. Then one night after painting several rooms, we had the bedroom door closed and towels piled in front of the door to keep the fumes out as we were getting ready for bed. We started hearing some weird banging from the attic. We sat up and tried to figure out what it was, and suddenly the bedroom door flew wide open with such force that it hit the wall and threw the towels across the floor. This was the start of me believing it was not just kids messing around in our basement, but something more paranormal and sinister. Late one night, my husband had a horrifying nightmare and screamed like nothing I had ever heard before. I could not wake him up. He sat up in bed, eyes glazed over, and he just screamed and screamed gut-wrenching, blood-curdling screams. I started slapping his face to wake him up to no avail. I started to cry and shake him. After what felt like an eternity, finally, he woke up drenched in sweat. After I was able to calm him down, he began to describe the nightmare. He dropped the floor of our bedroom opened, and he fell into the basement. As he was lying on the floor, several human corpses began to wither and crawl out of the floor and the walls. They were all coming for him. Their arms outstretched, their mouths agape in agony and rage. He was unable to move. In shock from the terror of what he was witnessing, finally they all had reached him, grabbing him and putting him towards the basement floor. Just then it began to open, abysmal darkness of hell that pulled him down by the corpses that clung to him. Just as he was fully consumed in darkness, he woke up to me crying and shaking him. You see, he was an engineer and never believed in ghosts. He always tried to have a logical explanation for everything to justify what was happening. But after this dream, which was so real to him, he could not deny it anymore. There was something wrong with this house. One night I heard my husband's car pull up in the driveway. He walked up to the front porch steps, put his keys in, walked across the hardwood floors, and then shuffled some papers. I was in bed and kept waiting for him to come in. I thought he was sitting in the living room reading the paper. So finally I got up to see if he was coming to bed, but he was not there. It was a couple of hours before he came home. We still have no explanation for what I heard. A few months later, a college friend of my husband's came to town from Arizona to spend a few days with us. In the years since graduation, Chris had found Jesus and was going to dedicate his life to doing missionary work. Though not at all like my husband's life, they still enjoyed each other's company and talked about their fun college days. At first night, Chris slept on the living room couch. Not long after we had all fallen asleep, we heard a scream of sheer terror. We then heard crashing noises and glass breaking. My husband and I ran out into the living room and Chris was standing up on the back of the couch, shaking and pointing towards the middle of the room. We saw that a brass standing floor lamp with a glass shade 
had been thrown across the room and shattered into the front door. There had been a tin cookie jar on the glass coffee table, and that tin had been smashed flat, driven through the now-broken glass coffee table. Chris was whimpering and shaking uncontrollably, and he just kept saying over and over, I didn't do this, I didn't do this. We finally got him calmed down, and he said he did not know what happened. But he knew that there was something very evil in the house, that he could not stay there. He left that night, and we never heard from him again. We had our nephew live with us for a few months. He chose to sleep in the basement, which gave him more privacy. Soon he had a night job at a local restaurant as a cook, so he was gone most nights. One day, he asked if he could talk to us. He said, sure. He said, every day when we come home for lunch at noon, the loud music we play and the clomping back and forth over his room and up and down the stairs was starting to get to him. He needed to sleep during the day since he worked nights and asked that we please keep the music down and not clomp around so much. My husband and I joked at each other as our jaws felt open. Derek, I said, neither one of us has ever, ever come home for lunch. You see, my commute was over 23 miles and my husband worked in the city, so it made no sense for us to come home for lunch. Our nephew soon moved out. Not too long after Derek moved out, I came home from work and went into the small walk-in closet to change my clothes. I noticed that I was extremely uncomfortable and felt burning on my hip. I removed my pants I was wearing and noticed I was actively bleeding. There were three long scratches that looked like someone dragging safety pins across my skin. I thought perhaps there was a pin in my pocket or a safety pin from a tag that had caught my skin. I checked my pants and noticed that there was nothing on there that could have scratched me. I continued to attempt to figure out what cut me and just then my other hip started burning. Growing concerned, I realized another set of three scratches across my other hip appeared. The exact same size as the other scratches, and it too was bleeding. I started to panic. I could not understand how this happened. That's when my chest started burning as well. I ripped off my blouse as quickly as I could and saw six scratches, two sets of threes, across the top of my chest on each side. I began to cry, and I called my husband. When he appeared in the closet, he reacted very strangely towards me. He just looked at me and not in any way that he has ever looked at me before. He then smiled and seemed not able to acknowledge what I was saying, or that I was even upset. I began to panic because he was acting so odd. I started to realize that I was not looking at my husband. I screamed and yelled at him, Who are you? What's my name? He would not answer. I pushed past, past him, grabbed some clothes, ran into the living room, and as I put my clothes on, still crying and getting ready to run out of the house, my husband walked casually into the living room and it appeared as he had just woken up. What's going on? He kept saying. Are you okay? I then showed him the 12 cuts on my hips and chest. He reacted quite differently than he did in the closet. That's when I knew for sure that the man in my closet with me was not my husband and something wholly evil and sinister. We grabbed our keys and left the house. Of course, we had to come back. We had no other place to go. Shortly after these events, I found out I was pregnant. I knew there was no way I was going to live there, especially with a new child. We pretty much bought the first house we found that was available and moved. After a few months, things settled down, and I was busy being pregnant in our new, our new and safe home. 
We eventually decided to rent out the U District house. When we were moving out of that house, people on the street would give us their numbers because housing was so hard to get near the university's campus. I hired a friend to help me clean, paint, and fix up the house. One day I was going to be late going over there, and she said that was fine. She would go early and get as much done as she could. She was painting the stairwell that led to the basement. I arrived around noon. Doors of the house were open. The radio was blaring, but my friend was nowhere to be found. The house phone was disconnected, so I was unable to contact her to find out where she was. So I decided to start painting. I eventually started to become more and more uncomfortable. I felt like something else was in the house with me. So much so that I even called out my friend's name, thinking she had come back to help with the painting. After a quick search, no one was there but me. I started to feel panic and decided to clean up, lock the house, and head home. I called my friend when I got home and she was incredibly upset. She said she was never going to that house ever again and confirmed she was not there when I was. She explained to me what had happened to her. She was panting for a while and suddenly felt creeped out. She said it felt like something was standing there watching her. The radio would suddenly blare out music and then the volume would fade. But then it would blare again. She thought maybe the radio had a short, so she unplugged it. However, the quiet of the empty house was unsettling to her. She decided to finish the wall she'd been working on and then leave. Before she could finish, she said something came up behind her and pressed his body against her, pitting her against the wall. She thought she was being attacked by a home invader. She screamed and called for help. She pushed herself off the wall so she could try and fight off her attacker. When she finally freed herself from the wall, her attacker vanished out of thin air. She said she would never return to that house ever again. Eventually, we rented the house out to four college boys. From time to time, I would call them to see if things were okay. They were fine. No problems. So we kept the house as a rental, but instinctively knew never to rent it to girls. I always got my hair done by a friend who worked in a fancy salon in downtown Seattle. He did the hair of all the local TV personalities. He found that his current client was looking for Halloween-inspired material for their next special. Knowing my stories well, he indulged her with tales of my haunted house. She was intrigued and asked if she could have the address to do a drive-by. He looked up my name and their clientele list, and I was entry number 666. They both gasped and called me right away. Deciding to go ahead and feature our house on their Halloween special, they hired a local psychic, had actors, camera crew, makeup, production, the whole thing. I walked in. I did not know anyone. A woman walked over to me, put her hand on my arm, and whispered in my ear, Whatever you do, don't ever, ever rent this house to women or children, ever. I was taken aback. I had no idea who she was, but soon introductions took place, and she was Lorena, a local psychic medium. As soon as the crew started to talk to the group, all the lights in the whole house dimmed to almost off, and then came back up again. Lorena said, He's here. They asked me to give Lorena a tour. In the living room, dining room, kitchen, bathroom, and spare bedroom, she seemed to just be taking it all in and occasionally nodded. We walked into the master bedroom and she stopped dead in her tracks. Oh, there was heavy activity in here. Oh, burning. I feel burning. She kept moving her hands over her chest and abdomen, and suddenly she turned and looked at me. She said, he was trying to take your clothes off. 
I had not told the TV people about the scratches. I thought they would think I was crazy. Of course, nowadays you see that on all the ghost shows, but back then, no one I knew had ever heard about that. She totally picked up on that on her own. We headed downstairs into that basement room with the red closet where the lights go off and on all the time. She stepped in, gasped, turned around, and walked out. She said, I'm sorry. I can't be in there. I just can't. So we walked several feet away from that room, and she kind of went into a trance and started to describe what she was seeing. She told us that years ago on a huge farm, there was a foreman that worked for the owners but oversaw several things. He had his own little house on the property. He had a drinking problem. Lorena said, all the way over to my house, she kept smelling alcohol. This man was obsessed with the owner's young daughter, Melissa. He lusted after her, and in his mind even loved her. She's all he could think about. One day he was watching her all day and getting drunker and drunker until ultimately he raped her. Lorena relived the entire rape. She was crying and hysterical. They had to stop filming to give her time to recover. After a while, she was able to finish the story. The owner and father of Melissa and three other men, probably brothers or uncles, found out what happened, and they beat the observer to death. They threw his body into a wagon and went way out into the woods, away from the farm, and found a place to bury the body. Around 1920, sewer lines are being installed for new neighborhoods going up in Seattle. This was the first disturbance of this land since the burial of the foreman. A few years later, our U District house was built over his burial site, and his soul went into the house. He was still looking for Melissa. He still wanted her. And that is why he would target and attack young women in the house. After filming, Lorena asked me to stay and help her exercise him from the house. We sat and closed our eyes, and she talked to him and said he had to leave. It was not his house. Melissa was not there. He was not welcome and must go. I don't remember all that was said, but I remember I suddenly saw a white cross float across my mind, and just as I saw it, I gasped. Lorena said, This house is clean. No other activity occurred in the house, and we sold it a few years later. However, the spirit of the overseer did not exactly move on. We had just released his ties to his burial under the house. Several years later, he reactivated his connection to my two sister-in-laws, who lived there as teenagers and eventually would attach to my daughter at the new house we moved into. Here's another story. My parents had just purchased a new home in Washington, in an area where all the large, nice houses are stacked around cul-de-sacs. I was an only child, six years old at the time, so the three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath home felt like a mansion to me. I even got both spare bedrooms and a full bathroom all to myself, not to mention my two large dogs. From the outside, we looked like a normal nuclear family with a perfect little life. On the inside, we were living a nightmare. You see, my dad was a raging alcoholic. He was drunk every day before he came home from work, if he even did come home. My mom was stressed having returned to work after so many years off, being a stay-at-home mom. Because of these stresses, they fought a lot. I was often alone. This did not bother me much at first. I'm a massive introvert and had a deep imagination. I could entertain myself for hours just pretending my hands were dinosaurs. One night, after a particularly bad fight between my parents, I hid in my room and tried to sleep, so I'd not hear them fight anymore. 
Eventually, I did fall asleep. I woke sometime in the middle of the night. The house was quiet. Perhaps my parents finally went to bed. I snuck quietly into the hallway to check. But something did not seem right. The hallway was darker than normal and the air felt thick. I ignored my nerves and kept walking. As I proceeded to the stairs to listen for my parents, I felt the hair on the back of my neck stick straight up and cold tingles shot down my spine. I felt there was something behind me. I slowly turned and saw a huge dark entity floating at the end of the hallway. I could see through him, even though his presence seemed so thick and dark. He did not have any legs, but he had a wide-brimmed hat and I could see he had arms as well. I could tell that he had been looking in the house for me. He raised his arms and began silently floating towards me. I screamed and ran to my parents' room for help, but when I opened the door, I saw that my dad had already been attacked by the Shadow Man. His soul had been stolen. His body was standing upright with an empty look on his face, jaw slacked open from screaming, and his eyes glazed over milky white. My mom was still alive and had been running around looking for me. She took my hand. We ran down the stairs to get in the car and escape. At the bottom of the stairs, we noticed the dogs had both been attacked as well. Their eyes were glazed over just like my dad's had been. We looked up the stairs and saw the shadow man rush towards us. My mom scooped me up and threw me in the back of the car, started the engine, and peeled out of the driveway. As soon as I buckled myself in, I looked up, and he was in the car sitting right next to me. I decided that fear was not helping me, so I got angry instead. I began screaming and scratching him, anything to get him to leave us alone. He started cackling at me with the evilest and most sinister of tones. He then began encouraging my attacks. He thrived on fear, but anger made him stronger and more powerful. I could see his face now in the scratches that I had left. My nails dug holes into his flesh that just ripped away like thin clay. The scratches revealed the hands and faces of the moaning souls he had already collected. Then he broke from his laughter and spoke to me, telling me to hate him as much as I could. He could get my dad and the dogs easily because their souls are weak. I'm getting your mommy next and saving her for last. He turned towards my mom, reached towards her, penetrating her skin with his darkness through the back of the seat. I screamed in terror as she began to go lifeless and the car began to veer off the road. And then I shot awake. My shirt was damp from a terrible sweat. Breathing rapidly, my heart pounding. I scanned my room out of sheer terror because the dream felt so real. There he was, sitting over my clothes hamper, just watching me with obvious delight over the dream he was pushing into my mind. I could only see his eyes, unmoving, milky white in color, just like the way my dad and dog's eyes were in my dream. I went into a panic and started screaming and trying to breathe. He held up a dark finger to his face like he wanted me to be quiet. Both my parents burst into my room and flipped the light on. As the lights came on, he evaporated from sight and was gone. My parents saw me glued to the wall, standing on my bed pointing to the corner of the room, screaming in terror with tears running down my face. After this incident, I insisted on sleeping with the lamp on, but my dad hated that. It was a waste of energy, so he'd sneak into my room and turn it off after I had fallen asleep. Night after night, I would wake up in the dark and be petrified, each time driving me into screaming fits. Eventually, my dad took a temporary job at another state, and my mom let me sleep in her bed 
with her and a lamp on. Things just got worse after that. I started seeing him in other places of the house during the day. He'd hide behind the TV and then shoot across the room. It seemed like he was always hovering, just out of my direct sight, off to the corner of my eye, and then would quickly speed past me as if to taunt me. I started getting headaches. Some were so bad it would lead to me puking all night long. This kept up for so long. My mom eventually brought me to a specialist to get my head and stomach checked out. After all the tests and scans and even an MRI, all normal, just stress, they said. When my dad was away, my mom would meet up with her sister and a friend who both had a single daughter close to my age once a week at the old Everett's Mall, Mr. Bill's. It was a relief to get out of the house so much, but this one night something felt strange. The restaurant mimics a 50s diner and plays old music. For some reason that night I felt uneasy and every song made me uncomfortable. I did not eat much, and when it was time to go, I decided I had to use the restroom. My mom told me she would wait for me in the lobby. I walked into the restroom, which had two rooms. The first room was just the sinks and huge mirrors. Then you had to go through a second door to get to the stalls. It was a long, narrow bathroom, but with a window in the internal door so you could see all the way to the back. I was the only one in there, which was odd since the restaurant was crowded. I decided to use the furthest back stall, the handicapped one, that went the width of the narrow bathroom. While doing my business, I noticed some of the lights flickering, making shadows appear to be moving, but in the corner, it looked so much darker for some reason. Like there was a black fog about the size of a basketball three feet above the door. I started to pull up my pants, and that shadowy fog moved closer to me. It was not on the wall at all like the other shadows. It was in front of me. I ran for the stall door and started running to the next door to the sink room. In sheer panic or stupidity, I looked back. And when I did, guess who I saw? The same shadow man from my house, with arms stretched out in front of him like in my dreams. I ran so fast, did not wash my hands, threw open each door, and out to the lobby, screaming to my mom, we had to go. We ran out to the car together. My heart was racing. I could feel all the hair on the back of my neck raise as tingles shot down my back. My arms were reached out, and just as my fingertips touched the car door, I felt hands grab my hips. I was yanked backwards so hard I fell on my back about two feet away from the car. I didn't look this time. I just got up as fast as I could, got in the car and screamed, that's a man chasing me from the bathroom. He just tried to grab me. My mom, thinking I was referring to a real man, not a shadow man, stopped the car and ran back into the restaurant searching for him. She told the hostess to look out for some drunk guy running around and then got back in the car and took me home. I was silently crying the entire car ride home. Finally, when we got to our house, my mom asked me what happened and I told her the whole story and just cried and cried. She examined my body to make sure I did not hurt myself on the curb when she noticed two man-sized hand-shaped marks on my hips. The skin was raised slightly like red and I'd been grabbed there from behind. After the incident with the handprints, I started having darker and creepier dreams. Even the shadow man was not this evil of a feeling. I'd wake up in the dream, peer out my second story window, and see a little girl standing in our yard next to what looked like a well. 
I realized it was probably a portal. And she may have been the devil himself. Her gaze was piercing, and when her eyes locked, I instantly became paralyzed, even from blinking. Then all sorts of dark entities and demonic-looking creatures started floating out of this portal and making their way towards my window in the dream. And then I'd wake up, drenched in sweat. My buddy's shadow man in the room watching, as if my dream were like a movie to him. My mom got a call out of the blue from her aunt, her sister-in-law, who was used to being terrorized by the shadow man when she lived in my parents' house in the U District. She was calling to warn my mom about a dream she had, that her shadow man was back and was after me now. She said her sister was having an attack and nightmares again that she had when she lived in the house. She was so distraught by all this coming back that she went to her pastor. The pastor went to see the house and bless the property. According to the pastor, the house was clean, but the property was not. My mom got together with my aunt. In her dream, my mom and I, my aunt and her daughter were all back in the U District house. All the doors were locked and we were running from the home and room to room to try and get out. And the shadow man appeared, smiling his evil smile and laughing. He said, you're all mine now. My aunt ran to the front door and yelled, in the name of Jesus Christ, open the front door. And it flew open for her and her daughter. Then immediately slammed shut again, leaving myself and my mom still locked inside. My mom grabbed the door and yelled the same thing, but the door would not open for her. We were stuck in the U District house with the shadow man. My mom started crying and told her all about my terrorizing stories. My mom asked her to draw the man she saw and if she could come over to talk more in person. I drew a picture of my shadow man, and when my aunt showed up, they were nearly identical. No legs, tall, wide-brimmed hat with arms stretched out in front. My mom was telling all of this to a friend at work who recommended my mom book a session with a spiritual healer. She came highly recommended by several mutual friends. So my mom gave her a call and booked a session. In the workroom, the session took place. There were many Native American artifacts and decor around the room on the walls. There was an exceptionally large six-foot-long solid wood carving that was hung on the wall, probably weighing over a hundred pounds. When the session began, the outdoor wind chime started to get blown fiercely by the wind. The door leading outside burst open, and this large wood carving lifted and then slammed back down against the wall, shuttering the whole house. When my mom got home, she had a voicemail from the college boys who were renting the U District house. At the same time as the wind flurries and all the wood carving hitting the wall, the entire living room window at the U District house completely blew out from the inside, shattering glass everywhere. My mom immediately called her spiritual healer, and she confirmed that this shadow man was still here and was incredibly angry. My mom started taking me to church and got me blessed by the pastor. She started praying and calling on angels to protect us, and I would pray as well. I was outright terrified and dreaded the idea that this was going to be my fate for the rest of my life. I was not raised religious, but I was desperate. I called in Michael, the archangel, and his entire army to surround me and my house and asked for Mother Mary and Jesus to cast a shield of white light around everything to protect us from all the negativity every single night. My mom ended up becoming friends with her spiritual healer. Upon her first visit to the house, she backed up to take in the whole house in her gaze, and she just stared at it with wide eyes. 
Then she looked at me and said, This is the most protected house I have ever seen. The confirmation was life-changing. I felt at peace again, being alone and falling asleep. After a few weeks of working with his healer, no one in the family ever saw him again, even my aunts who once lived in the U District house. According to the spiritual healer, she helped the shadow man move past his anger and sins. Now he even helps other troubled spirits, according to the healer. As for my mom and I, we found peace in our new home and have embarked on our own spiritual journey. stories online want a commercial free experience of the show with access to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories sign up at apple podcast right now and try it for three days free ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories when you visit arizona time is measured in moments not minutes like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. 
Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.